Hello, everyone, and welcome to Show Hoppers. I'm Mr. Sal. I am a teacher, and I'm here with one of my former students, Kurt. Hello, Kurt. Hello, Mr. Sal. Welcome back to The Leftovers. <laughs> We're finally on the premiere episode of season two. Yes. And, and, and you know, I guess since we're starting fresh, and, and I know that... Literally, it's pretty, this episode is starting quite oh, fresh. Oh, we're starting quite fresh here. So this is this is a reset button in many, many aspects. Uh, and, and I think that it's worth because it is a, a fresh start. Uh, and some people I know, for I, they're, they're wrong, but some people dismiss season one of The Leftovers and just view season two as, as where they like to start watching it so maybe some people are just starting just joining us and so we'll let you know that i have seen the leftovers this is my third time watching it through kurt has never seen it so this is his first time watching it through and uh we like it that way <clears throat> so season two episode one axis monday i'm i have no idea what you are going to think of this episode or what you thought of this episode. So I'm very interested to hear your opinion of this episode. I'm very... Well, first of all, the intro, right? The intro that it shows... Okay. Okay, I just gotta... gotta, We're gonna go through it all. Okay, okay. I gotta... I'll just... I just gotta give out a number. Yep. Out of... So we have a rating scale, kind of. My, like... Bare minimum average TV episode score is like a five, I guess, right? Like, if you get that, you are meh, right? That's middling. You're aggressively mediocre. Aggressively mediocre. Blow that <laughs> trash. And then above that, okay, and there's some resemble. I'm liking it. I'm enjoying it. Uh, this got a seven out of ten. A seven out of ten. Seven I, you know, ten. I suspected maybe you might be on a seven out of ten. Uh, on this. Then why did you say that beforehand? Well, I, you gotta, I you gotta suspected pre- that because I thought... <laughs> well, he he could be anywhere from a five to a nine, so the average of those is a seven. So. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I knew you weren't going to give it a ten, and I and I knew that and I didn't think that you'd get, go below a five for it. So I said uh, five to nine. So we'll say average of seven. So I mean, really, that's a it's just a a big hedge. You're, you're putting yeah, you're it, hedging your bets. Yeah, halfway between mediocre and and amazing so i mean seven out of ten on kurt's scale translates to something that i would give almost a nine out of ten so really so, is it i thought it was nine maybe oh. it's not oh no eight eight point two i think all right, all right. I found uh, more for right. those of you who don't know there is a link in the show notes to the conversion chart between the salah scale and the kurt scale so check that out it's pretty awesome so what did you give this like a nine of course, I gave it a nine. Okay, well. um, I gave it a nine, uh, and and I think, I mean, I, I'm so locked into the the series as a whole that I I think I'm more able to enjoy this episode than you. Probably, I, it's definitely an episode. Maybe you'll enjoy, I'd enjoy more knowing the TV show better, like you know, rewatching it or whatever. And it's still a oh. pretty good episode. It's just. I came here to watch The Leftovers. Yep. And I'm watching The Murphys. I know. Well. <laughs> Which yeah. is now The Leftovers, I guess. It's not until 38 minutes into the episode that we see any characters that we recognize. And that's Matt. That's not even. Can, can I ask you a question? That yeah. You could you could tell me. You can, you can decide whether or not it's a 
you you want to answer that or not, but is is Kevin now like is Kevin and Norman are they like now just neighbors? Like they're no longer the main like Kevin used to be the main character in the last season. Is uh-huh. it now like one of the Murphys? The oh Murphys? no, Kevin Kevin is still the main character. Oh okay okay yeah. just, okay. Ke- Kevin and Nora are still the main characters, and we're gonna get. I, I I mean I don't know how much you want me to tell you about what we're gonna get. No no that's fine. That's All right, that's enough. Yeah that's enough. Okay, so. Along the way, if you want to ask questions, that's fine. But I'm going to do a John Locke thing right here. Okay. If you ask me three times, I'm going to tell you. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's really out of the blue John Locke with the, like, moth. Yeah, that's the moth. Yeah, that's the moth. John Locke from Lost. That's our, the other show that we cover is Lost. So uh, if you haven't checked out that podcast and the, that series in general, uh, you should really should. And it's, it, there's, it's very rewarding watching Lost and the Leftovers side by side. So definitely worth trying. So anyway, yeah, th- if you do want to know something, like, for example, I mean, in this episode, there is no Lori, there is no Tommy, there is no guilty remnant. Yeah. So if, if you at some point ask me, are we going to see Lori again? I'm not going to answer unless you ask me three times. Okay. So what's the that, ending of The Leftovers? That's the first time you've asked okay. me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, Some we'll... things I will refuse to answer also. Oh, wow. <laughs> when I bring another asterisk at the end. <laughs> yeah. Some things, some things will not be answered. Okay. Um, I want to start going through this, but before we even start with... The show itself the the title axis mundi i knew nothing about axis mundi did you know anything about that coming in uh no not until i looked it up no you, you did look it up though i did look it up i i didn't know what it, i thought I, I thought i heard it before but it's not at all what i thought it was so. oh okay so what did you think it was some sort of spell a spell interesting <laughs> all right like harry potter's like that's some sort of like spell reference i have no clue you thought it was a Harry Potter spell? No, not even Harry Potter. It's just a sort of spell. It's like, hmm, so it's familiar. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. So when you went to look it up, what did you find? Uh, it means world access in Latin. And it refers to um, where heaven and earth meet. Okay. That's what I got. Yeah, yeah. The, the, that's definitely <laughs> what I discovered as well. I, I, I did do a little more digging so because a lot of this, uh, because I know where the story's going, it was really interesting to see some of the stuff that I found about Axis Mundi. Um, you can think of it, I mean, you said it's, it's a point that kind of connects the heavens to earth, right? Mm-hmm. So other names for it, it's sometimes called the cosmic axis, the world axis, the center of the world, or, and this is the one that was interesting to me, the world pillar. Okay. Any, pillar you, guy. I, the, what? <laughs> pillar guy. Yeah, oh, the yeah. pillar guy, exactly. I love he's probably my favorite character. <laughs> pillar guy. He's one of my favorites. Like now I know I've lost Dean. That's oh, fine. Poor Dean. We've lost Amy. Uh probably the twins. I mean maybe they'll make some sort of cameo. I'm imagining they're not coming back. I'm gonna tell you this. Megan. I'm I'm counting the twins as one person. Okay. So Dean, Amy, the twins. You're going to see one of them one more time in the series. Got to, it's got to be Dean. 
hope it's Dean. If it's okay. not, I'll be totally disappointed. But once I see the twins, I'm going to go, Gah! No, <laughs> Dean. <laughs> it's a death sentence for the other two, though. Once I see one of them, then I'll be like, oh, there are the twins. No! <laughs> Oh. <laughs> so now, now if i see that i'll be very upset anyway okay um access monday features prominently in cultures that use uh shaman shamanic practices oh, okay so like some places in south america yeah or animistic belief systems so uh worship of animals and are you familiar with what a shaman is kind of i've seen like videos of people going to shamans and Baking some stuff and then <laughs> so a shaman is a person who uh is considered to have um access or influence in the world of of uh spirits good and evil spirits okay and they practice divination and they practice healing so predicting the future and healing okay okay uh this and that's shamanist sham shamanism shamanism Shamanic practices are kind of a theme through at least this season of The Leftovers, if not the whole series. So we're going to want to keep that in mind. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention is that it's usually visually represented by anything um, that stretches from earth up to heaven. So it could be like a pillar, which we see prominently featured in this episode, or it could be like a pillar of smoke, which we also see early in this episode. We do. Yeah. Uh, so any of that, anything that like, that's why uh, churches, cathedrals, you know, synagogues, like any of these things are, are like stretched up to the sky, like these places of worship, because they're, they're meant to bring you closer to the heavens. So they, you can consider them a, for, a representation of Axis Monday. Okay. Uh, and the other thing that you should know about it is that anyone or anything suspended on the axis becomes like a storage site of potential knowledge. Wait, what? So anyone who's like there on the axis mundi uh -huh. could be considered like a storage site of potential knowledge of the heavens. Oh, of the heaven. Okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. 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 What do so, you mean by storage site though? Like just... Like, like a you, book of knowledge, they, like they, they, they have yeah, like they, yeah. they have easier access to knowledge of the heavens. Okay, okay, I got you now. Score. Okay, I'm actually right. right now. We're good to go. So and now that we better understand what Axis Mundi is, because honestly, when this first came out, I was like, I did not love this episode when I first saw it, the first time I saw it. And it sounds only, like they've I'm, ruined it. What? They've ruined it. Yeah. Well, I mean, really, I mean, you 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 tune in. Okay, now understand this you know i'm i'm watching this in real time so it's been a year or more since leftover season one ended mm -hmm. and now i think it was actually closer to two years anyway i tune in sunday night nine o'clock gonna watch the leftovers and you know th there's the whole i don't know if you, if how do you watch hbo do you watch it i just watch on my uh, computer i watch it on my computer okay so i don't know if the if the way that you're watching it does the, and now the HBO original series, The Leftovers. I don't know if it does it do that or no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cause like I have a, I have a DVD set of The Leftovers, so it doesn't do that on mine. But when I was watching it live, you know, it's and now the HBO original series, The Leftovers, The Leftovers. And then this strange intro music starts playing and I, and I'm like, 
am I watching the right thing? I loved the intro. Dude, I loved the intro music. It's so <laughs> good, isn't it? Better than the other intro. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh. For sure. It's a huge improvement. Great improvement. What What did you love about it? Uh, all the music I liked more. And I thought, like, the other one, it definitely hit on the more faith tones of it, which is fine. But this one just okay. hit on the more practical, like, just the in terms of what happened, which is people are missing. So it just shows the photos and then... I love the photos. Yeah, it's great. I love the intro. Do they change up the photos, or is it always just the same photos? It's always those photos. Okay, that's good. So good. I I love the photos. I I love seeing how you know, and they're very different. You know, you've got everything from like a football game to a hunting trip to what looks like a, a family reunion or something. And and in each of the photos, there's at least one person who's just silhouetted out. Yeah. And they're, but they're not just a silhouette. They have like, I don't know, some sort of graphic of the universe or raindrops or some, or lightning bolts in where the silhouette should be. Mm -hmm. silhouette, yeah, yeah I noticed. That. I, I didn't, I didn't understand the trend to it. It's just, the yeah, there's, there's not much of a trend to it, but it's just an the idea that this, this, what happened was very real. It wasn't just this cosmic, you know, rapture, damnation thing that we saw in season one intro this was very human very personal and they show us that and i love the song uh for a couple of reasons first of all they the the name of the song is let the mystery be so it's instructive to us that the mystery of where these people went is not what we should be focused on we should let that mystery be and focus on the people, which is what we're seeing as we watch the intro. Okay, good. That's a good explanation right there. Oh, yeah. No, you don't need to say, I thought you were going to say the name of the TV series while you're explaining it. Uh, no. <laughs> okay, good. All right, good. I know you love when I do that. Yeah, okay. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, so I love this intro. This is the intro we're going to have for all of season two. It's a good intro. Upgrade. Good. All right, cool. I'm glad you liked it. I agree. I think it's enough. The only part I like about this episode, though. The only part? No, not really. But I was gonna say you don't get this <laughs> if you only like the intro. It was a really good intro, then. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess so. But the I, the other thing about the intro is it's much lighter in tone. Definitely. It, yeah. You don't feel like you're going to hell by listening to the music. You know. What I mean? <laughs> so uh and not that i not that i dislike the intro to season one i think it's pretty impressive actually but i like this because the tone is much more welcoming okay okay yeah yeah i see what you mean all right well i'm glad that you like the intro so let's talk about the opening scene then so i I don't want to ask you three times. Can I, can I say this? Is this count as three times? Sure. This... No, I, okay. The, the the three times thing is only like potential spoiler stuff. Oh, okay. Well, then it's just, do we see more of this cave people stuff ever again? Okay. Do you, do you really want me to answer that question? <laughs> now I don't. No, okay, no. I backed out. If you ask me draw. two more times, I would, okay. I would draw the question. Okay, if, if you ask me two more times, I will answer that question. <laughs> oh my God, I hate you. I... <laughs> oh, I, well, I, I still, I don't, 
I don't understand. Well, I do understand the cave for. I kind of understand. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I just you, you, explain it a bit. You you sound exactly like I felt the first time I watched this. Why? Why is it there? I mean, if they don't, if they ne- listen, if they never harken back to this at all, and it was all used just as like one big transition scene to show some girl Evie swimming, I'm gonna be so upset. Like, what was? What was the point of this journey? Okay. So, I think I have powers? I think I have some answers to that. Okay. So, let's let's go through it. I'm going to just kind of explain it as we go here. Uh, it's a cave, right? Th- these are people living in a cave. There's a fire going in the cave and so, what, well, uh-huh. Oh, okay. Never mind. I'll keep going. Keep going. And one woman who is in the cave uh, gets up, she's clearly pregnant. Uh, and she gets up and she goes and relieves herself outside of the cave. Yeah, she pees. She she pees exactly. Number one. <laughs> Literally. Uh-huh. Uh, she looks up. There's a full moon. There's a, a hawk or a falcon. What do you want to call that? A hawk or a? Oh, fa- I called it an eagle. Let's call it a hawk. Hawk's fine. Okay. It might have been an eagle actually. No, I like hawk more though. Hawk's a okay. more fun word to say. So we'll hawk call powers. it a hawk uh, that flies right across the moon, makes this hawk screech, and she's kind of interested in it. But just as she's looking up at it and she finishes peeing, there's this earthquake mm-hmm. and the cave caves in. So a few things here that I think are important are that season one, the very first thing we see is a mother who experiences a departure and loses her baby. Okay. The, the, that's when the, the great departure happens. Mm-hmm. Season two, the very first thing we see is a, an expectant mother who's about to be a, an actual full-fledged, there's the baby mother, okay, who is experiencing a departure. Okay. okay. that cave-in separates her from her tribe yes oh before we go on can i'm just going with that these are cave people yes cavemen ages right okay (laughs) i I agree go go on okay so but she is now separated from her tribe yes like never to be seen again well yes yeah so she she is i we can think of her as the departure but we're getting this from her perspective. I don't think she's the departure here. No? Well, what are they going to do in that cave? Right, they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's the other way around. I think they've all departed. Okay. So then you can think of it as an inverted departure from what we saw in season one, where uh, 2% of the population disappeared. In this case, 98% of the population say disappeared. Instead of minus a baby, it's plus a baby. <laughs> right, right. Right. Okay, but she, unfortunately, maybe fortunately, who knows? No, I guess unfortunately. Like, this is the exact time that her water decides to break and she gives birth. Yes. Which is what? a very interesting scene. To yeah, watch. Michelle, what, what was that? Why did you make me watch that? <laughs> why, is that why is that part of the show? Why did they do that? The the birth? Yeah, why was it necessary? 
where she just like squats. Yes. The pops out and she catches it in her hands. I have to describe it. <laughs> I just, I wasn't ready for that, man. I know. I think the idea was because Damon Lindelof caught some heat for season one. For like there, there were some critics who hated it. Oh, okay, yeah. And and he wanted to do this opening scene to say what you watched in season one, like, hold on to your hats because this is something quite different. I mean, yeah, it's not a thing to do with season <laughs> one. There's literally, the first, this first scene, at least to my knowledge, right? Maybe later they'll prove me wrong, but it's, especially if it's this caveman times. My, my, I thought it was. I was gonna get like a shock twist, like, oh, these aren't actually cave people, and you know, oh, it's something else going on in the world. No, as far as I know, these are cave people. Before the departure, I just don't. Maybe there's another departure that happened back. I don't. Well, there's don't, a mini departure that we see happening. Here. No, that's not a. That's not a departure. That's people getting killed by <laughs> an okay. earthquake landslide or whatever. All right, so I disagree with you there because this is the point of the point of this show is how people deal with loss. The mm-hmm. point of this show is is that those people who departed they're gone, and let's look at who's left and how they deal with it. That's true, and we're that's exactly what we're seeing in this first scene. It's kind of like I always. I, you know, I always think of people who talk about the end of the world, like the end of the world is coming. The end of the world is coming. It's like, yeah, anybody could die any day. And that is the end of their world. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the departure to her, this to her is as probably more crippling than the departure that we witnessed at the beginning of season one. That's true. Her and her baby are now the leftovers. Exactly. You did it. Not me. Oh yeah! <laughs> How cool! I don't. I still. What well, scene? yeah, we're not done with the scene yet. So the next day, uh, she's she's up. She's cleaning the baby. She's cleaning herself. She's feeding the baby, and there's the storm. There's this like, huge thunderstorm, um, and she's just kind of caught there, mesmerized, staring at this cave opening that has now caved in. So. I'm torn between whether she in that moment feels spared or separated. I thought she was just like waiting for them to dig themselves out. You know what I mean? Think? Yeah. So I thought she was, she was like, oh, I will wait for them and they will dig themselves out. And then it's long enough. She's like, they are not coming back. <laughs> yeah. So she goes off or maybe she planned on returning to that site to see if they've dug themselves out yet. Well, yeah, maybe. I don't think so, though, and I'll and I'll explain why in just a minute. But I guess I, I, if I was in her situation, I, part of me would feel very grateful that I was spared because the people inside are probably dead now. Oh yeah, probably. But then the other part of me would be like terrified because I've been totally separated from my tribe. I have I have no one. I have nothing. That's a lie. You have the baby now. That's true. Okay. That's very. Which is she was a ticking time bomb of responsibility, a la Clay. Uh, well, I... Lost reference for you. Okay, this is this is where I have to probably disagree that she was going to come back to this cave because what triggers her leaving is that she sees that hawk again, 
hears it, sees it. And when she does, she clutches this necklace that has a feather on it. I did not catch that. Oh, yeah. Yes. That even... So this lady actually does have bird powers then. I don't think she... Okay. (laughs) I don't think she has bird powers, but remember that Axis Mundi is a a concept that is prominently featured in cultures that have animistic belief systems. Hmm. So if these are people who see spiritual figures in animals, she probably uh, has been uh, seeing birds as a symbol symbol of spirituality for some time. She has a necklace with a feather on it. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense. So, So she sees this hawk as divine intervention. And what does she see the hawk do? The hawk flies toward a pillar of smoke. Mm-hmm. A pillar of smoke is, first of all, a sign that there is another tribe. Yeah. Okay. And second of all, a visual representation of Axis Mundi. So, how friendly are other tribes in cave, like cave people times? Well, I don't know, but I think that regardless, she has a better chance of surviving, or with these people than she does of surviving on her own. Do you think she's going to pull up Tommy and leave her baby with them? I think that's what her plan was. Yes. Not, no, I don't think she was going to pull a, a Christine, not a Tommy. No, but... Tommy did it too. In <laughs> okay. fact, she do much more in the Tommy way. Cause Tommy purposely left it with people he knew would care for it. And that's what she would do the same. Christine just put it in a spot where it's most likely to be found. Oh my God. I can't believe... over this. go through this again. Uh, definitely pulling a Tommy in this case, I, not a Christine. Christine, be she left I, it like on top of a big rock. I do not. Think her intention was to pull a Tommy. I believe that her intention was to go join another tribe. Probably, probably was. I do yeah. like the idea that she was trying to pull a Tommy. That this shows about people constantly leaving their children with others. <laughs> well, she does end up leaving her child with someone else, but she does. She kind of has to. So, <laughs> so. But I, I, the point that I'm trying to make, though, is that there, there's this bird, the spiritual figure. She's obviously connected somehow because she's got this feather necklace mm-hmm. that is flying right in front of this plume of smoke, which is a symbol of not only another tribe, but also Axis Monday. So we're, we're putting everything together here. So and that's what gets her to finally leave that cave area and seek that smoke. Right. But as she does, she walks past the body of water that we're going to see in a minute, right? Yeah. Now we get this, oh, this is more disgusting than the birth scene. She climbs a tree. She's in a, she, she puts her hand in a nest. She t- takes an egg and starts eating the egg raw. It's That's disgusting. called the regs right there, raw eggs. Oh. She's doing so a nice gross. reg. So gross. You can have raw eggs. No, that ain't that gross. It's not? Having a straight reg? No. Ew. <laughs> This isn't even like a chicken egg. This is this is some kind of bird. Again, with the birds though. So <laughs> birds, I guess maybe yeah, eating the egg. Yeah. So she's she's up in the tree. Her baby she has left on the ground, a la Christine. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that's more of a Christine right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and she hears it screaming and looks down, and there's a rattlesnake crawling over the baby. So she she comes as fast as she can down out of the tree tries to save the baby from the snake, but gets bitten by the rattlesnake. And then she just beats this thing to death. Yeah. But she's been bitten and she is in a very bad way. Her arm mm. looks like it needs to come off. She And she is clearly dying. 
but as she lays down on this waterbed or waterbed riverbed not river what is this thing piece of stone right by the water it's a a body of water and there's stones right by the body of water she lays down on the stones she's dying she looks up she sees the bird and just as she dies another woman comes and takes the baby and saves the baby so i feel like we're gonna see we're gonna see this baby again i feel like we're gonna see the life of this baby that's what i want to see Kind of like the gene scenes in Better Call Saul, I want to see baby scenes. Except not just the beginning of every season. There's okay. not many of those. By that one more left. Yeah, there's only one left. But I will tell you that all three of the introductory scenes in The Leftovers feature prominently a woman losing her family. Okay. So season, season one, we saw the woman in the laundromat, who baby Sam was a departure. Mm-hmm. season two we see this woman who loses her entire tribe in a cave-in and then dies and passes her baby off to another woman much like christine and tom passed this baby who we come to find out is named lily on to nora and kevin mm-hmm. and then season three we see An- a th- another woman lose her family uh, in in what way that's all i'm going to say oh okay I thought we were just going over all of them. Well, <laughs> so, what a very, very, very odd intro, right? It is it, an odd intro. It's it's and, okay. It's okay, but I don't really like it all that much. Okay, I understand. Well, I understand that this lady and her baby were leftovers, right? And that they lost their tribe and whatnot. But it's not the story I care about, right? It's like, yep. you know. That's about it, really. It's a story I just don't care you, about. Yeah, I understand. Do you understand that this is taking place in the place that we're about to spend yes. this episode? Yes, okay. yes, I realize that. I, I thought this was going to be a transition, and these girls are going to find this, like, dead cave woman, and this other, like, cave woman picking up a baby, and they go, like, oh my god. And then somehow this is going to the plot of, like, there are some people that like to live like cave people after the departure, they like kind of like the dogs, their minds snapped. You know, sense aside. I thought that's what I thought was going to happen. The second I panned over to like the girls in the swimming hole, but no, it was just showing that time has passed. Yeah. It's that was all. Hopefully, I I always viewed this as this is meant to show you that this place, first of all, has always had earthquakes. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, yeah, because we see earthquakes featured in this episode modern day as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's meant to show you that there is some special sort of connection they're, they're showing you an access Mundi in this intro way back in the days of the cave people with this pillar of smoke and very early on in this modern day uh, version of the place we see an actual cement pillar another representation of Axis Mundi. So the I, I think the idea is to is to show you that this place is an Axis Mundi. Jardin, Texas is an Axis Mundi. Or do you know that it's called Jardin? Yeah, you do. I thought it was called Miracle. It's called both. Oh, okay. So so they it's called Miracle because Miracle no, wait, can I guess why it's called Miracle? Based on what I, I understand. It's pretty obvious, but go ahead. I, oh, 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 that, 
I think it's pretty obvious, but go on anyway. Well, now, now I'm scared if I get it wrong. Did, oh, you better not get this wrong, Kurt. <laughs> did did no one here depart? Yes, that's correct. Really? Oh my god, I got it. Yeah. They never they never outright said it though, Mr. Sal. How is it that they, obvious? They absolutely did. They said it all over the episode. <laughs> did they no, they said we've been spared. Yeah. Uh, that's not that but that doesn't mean no one they didn't should not say, hey, no one departed in this city. Okay, well they'd say it at least once. Yeah. But I'll, and I'll and I'll point that out. But if you would watch a trailer for the season, you would have known this. <laughs> well, I didn't need to know it. I found it on my own. I surmised it. So the place is called Jarden, Texas. That's what it was called before the departure. Okay. Now Jarden, Texas is in Miracle Nat- National Park. Oh, so Miracle. Okay. So it's a national park now. Is that why a national park? Wait, you can live in a national park? Well, Jardin was a residential community before it was a natural a national park. Okay, so you can. Okay, I didn't know that was the thing. So wait, so Miracle is a the Miracle's population is nine thousand, right? Or at least they showed There we go. Yeah. So it's it's this locale of nine thousand people where no one departed. Right. Okay. This is, I'm assuming that's probably like the biggest concentration of people that they could find where no one departed. Right. Which is, yeah, incredible. Odds, I think, right? Oh, yeah. What is it? Not 2% people departed. What are the odds that out of 9,000 people? I don't know. I'm not doing that. But someone can figure that out. Yeah. I'm not um, going to be the one to figure that out either. Well, I kind of want to figure that out. I don't want to okay, well. though. Okay, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. That is okay, okay. So the Jardin is just a part of Miracle. There's other places that are part of Miracle. So I guess the National Miracle National Park has Jardin within it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Ah, uh, I understand now. Is that why? Is that why they had to have those? Oh, this is a bit later on. Is that why they had to have those bands on? Yes. Okay. That's yep. all, I saw. I saw. Said temporary resident. I paused it. Yes. See what it said. Okay. Yeah, kids can't live in a national park. Right. Okay. Well, uh, it is a residential community, though. It's so a residential community. Yeah, you but, can but, live there. You can, but you have to like own this place there. You can't just yes go and live it. You can't just go and you can buy a place though. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Real estate's hot, according to um. Yep. Erica, anyway. Erica, very good for you. Yes. Yeah. I think John was a really cool character as well, but Michael John, wasn't John, either. John is an extremely interesting character. <laughs> he is. Anyway, though, well, uh, but I thought Dr. Goodhart, Brian Goodhart, which you're about to see in this next scene, might have taken the cake. Are you just name dropping? I don't know what you're talking about, Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah so we we've transitioned now to evie who we're going to come up to find out that her name is evie uh evie in the garden the garden okay oh okay i didn't think about that evian okay yes so so jarden means garden in spanish and french and i think in a number of other languages as well so 
we're talking about garden and here one of the main characters that we see who lives in jarden is evie so What's, evie's for sure what's her full name i forgot this evangeline evangeline okay well now he's gonna find an atom exactly okay i got i got my eyes peeled don't worry mr sal yeah you know. I, I wouldn't spend too much time looking for an atom so uh, don't worry okay so evie is swimming with her friends in this watering in this water hole that is the same water hole by which the cave woman died blended love yeah. it yes <laughs> great transition it's a very good transition so uh, meanwhile, Dr. Goodhart is collecting water samples. We don't know why. We just know that he's here collecting water samples. Evie uh, starts talking to him. I, I would say flirtatiously, but like more, not so much that she's interested in him in as much as, she, but more like trying to, I don't know, annoy him, not annoy him, but just kind of get him going. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, her friends are like, you're scaring him. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it doesn't really matter. The, we do see some signs here that say residents only. Removal of water is prohibited. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw that sign. Yep. And it's a, it, but Evie, despite the fact that removal of water is prohibit, prohibited, Evie fills up a water bottle anyhow. Yeah. How dare she? Yeah. And then the, the teens get in the car and they go to Evie's house. Go ahead. Why is there like, it has like, I forgot what music was, but like, they seem so hyped that the teens get in the car. Then he shows them the car. They just, why do they put them just sitting there in complete boring silence in this car? It's so weird, isn't it? Why do they do, there's gotta, these three teenagers are such an enigma. Like, because later they're going to run naked through the woods too. Yes, I saw that too. I was like, wait, what? I was like, I was confused. I saw some people. I saw people running through the woods. I was like, why are people running through the woods? And then I saw Evie, and I'm like, oh wait, is that the same girl that Evie running through the woods? Yeah. I didn't recognize them. It's, it's so like, weird. Like, why do they do some of this stuff? Like, they're so like playful and like mischievous, and then they're they ride home in the car in silence. But it's not silence when they pull up to the house. They're putting up in the image, Mr. Sal. Oh, okay. It's all for brand, like oh, kind of structure. The brand. <laughs> it's for the trio. Yeah, they're a trio of friends, and they want everyone to know that they're the fun group of friends, right? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, Evie gives the water bottle to her brother Michael, mm -hmm. and we find out that so we've got Evie and Michael and their mother Erica, and they're talking about breakfast and they're talking about their father and and why he and the fact that he's not up yet right and then they go and try to wake up john now john is a very heavy sleeper it seems which is in stark contrast to kevin who we is know kevin a heavy sleeper or just a a big dreamer well well we know that or a light sleeper does I mean. stuff in his sleep oh yeah like, that's true yeah and like captures dogs or kidnaps guilty remnant members <laughs> like john's not doing that when john's sleeping you can't even move him they stack books upon books on his chest trying to wake him trying to see how many they can get on top of him before he finally wakes up and it's not until that stack of books falls over onto his arm that he even moves so right away 
just in that i love that because just in that they're setting him up as this like antithesis of kevin Huh, okay. But I, I I felt there was gonna be a rivalry or some sort of animosity between John and Kevin. But not yeah. from that alone. <laughs> Later on, but So oh, okay, you, you didn't feel that at this point, right? No, oh yeah, certainly not. I, at this point I'm still like, huh. Okay, these but, people these, these these seem like nice people now. Now okay. where's the Garveys, huh? Where's you know, where where's No, where where's, are they? Where's the squad? Where are they? This is you know, these are these but, are nice people. They're really, they're really fun people too. Like they're, they're eating breakfast and John says to Michael, you're going to finish that bacon. Mike, Michael goes, I don't know. And John goes, and what are the factors influencing your decision? <laughs> like I, it's, there's this whole bit with the cricket. Oh right? yeah. throughout the whole episode. Yeah. I mean, that's how it ends. John is just obsessed with finding this cricket. He can't, this is just chirping and he makes everybody just silent and just listen and try to he's trying to catch this thing and they have three different responses to the to the cricket the other three don't they i i can't remember what the three responses were yeah. one was like you're not gonna find it. i remember that like michael says i think it's over by the refrigerator and, and erica says it's definitely not by the refrigerator and i think uh evie says you'll you're never gonna find it maybe mm-hmm. or maybe it's erica i think it's evie that says you'll never find it and john's like hell bent on finding this thing he's going to find it which is is an you know it's it's a good way to to let us know that when john gets something in his head it's not getting out until he resolves the problem oh yeah that's a that's a that's a nicer way of putting it why how would you put it this guy is a arsonist (laughs) anyway well well, he is an arsonist. We know that. Not, not yet, but not we, yet. we're going to figure that out. But would you agree that that this scene with the cricket is a is an he has a determination. This guy's certainly yeah of the determination this guy has. Once he like if something's bothering him, he will not let it go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love the cricket. Oh, I think it's great. I and John John is so interesting. <laughs> I know, I love John. John's a great character. The uh, the Murphys are so good. I'm they were such a great addition to the series, which is why I love this episode, even though it's so it's so not what you're expecting because you get so little of the characters that you know and love. So is this like a bottle episode? Is, is this counted as a bottle episode? Here? I would say yeah, this is a Murphy's episode. I know. So Michael's going to take a bike ride. He's, he gets on his bike. He's, he rides into someplace, but he passes a couple of interesting things. Yeah. What did you notice? The, the Okay. So there's a crack that was with glass, like boxed around it. Mm-hmm. Can I, can I guess what that is? Sure. Now I actually, now I think about it. I don't, hmm. you know what? That's actually very wrong. I was thinking of, you remember how, um, uh, Kevin during the the Garvey's at their best yep. back you know before the departure you yep. saw like a manhole explode or whatever so maybe the departure caused some sort of like ruptures places but now that doesn't make sense but some sort of holy this some this some sort of sign or something I guess that they've determined must stay it's like it's in a glass box right it's in a glass box that's important yep did you notice what was on the sign next to it 
No, I didn't notice there was a sign. I was too busy looking at the glass box. Yeah. There's, there's a sign that says number one. That's the number one. And that's uh. all that's on the sign. Okay. Yeah, no, I don't know what's going on there. And the other thing I noticed was a bride watering her gar or lawn garden. I don't really know what she was. I think it was just her lawn. But Yeah. Just a, a lady in a wedding dress watering her lawn. Yeah, I like to imagine she was getting married in her backyard. She's like, oh, wait, I forgot to water the lawn. And then she ran out front and started watering her lawn. <laughs> Here we go. I want my grass dying. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's these these are very strange, and we have no explanation. Now, I will say one thing about the crack in the road is we've already been shown in the intro scene with the cave people that this their earthquakes are common here, and we're going to be shown that again later in the episode. Yeah, uh, they still here like once he arrives to like the the sell, the vendor stands. Yes. Yeah. Oh right, yes. There's an earthquake. There, tremor, like just like yeah, quick just tremor. tremor. Yep, yep. So, I we can. I I don't know how much you want me to give away about that crack in the in the road. They, I I will tell you, and the bride, they are going to explain these things. Okay, then that's good. Okay, I will remember them. They, they... yeah, you will. You definitely. I I mean, I think it's it's hard not to. So, uh, and then he gets to this. I don't know, this area that's that's got all these vendor booths set up and there's this pillar in the middle with the word miracle written on the pillar. And there's a guy on top of the pillar and Michael sends up some food, some eggs and bacon from breakfast. And the guy doesn't even say thank you or anything. I know, he's never he's never nice to Michael no. or anything. He's just like, yep, here's a letter. Send the letter, like next time. Just send the letter? Yeah. Okay. That's it. Yeah. And he wants him to send this letter to David David Burton in guess where? Uh, I, was, I didn't where. <gasps> you didn't see? Wait, is, is is it Mapleton? No. Okay. Sydney, it, Australia. Oh my god. Oh yeah, I remember seeing the word Australia when I see Sydney. Wow. Yeah. But and for those of you who don't know why we're exclaim making these bold exclamations about it uh in lost i don't think it's a spoiler to say that in lost there's a plane that crashes on an island a deserted island well maybe not so deserted island that may have been a spoiler sorry uh but this plane crashes on this island uh, and the plane was headed from sydney australia to los angeles so you 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 have told me australia plays some sort of role in the leftovers yes prominently in season three Oh, okay. Yeah. But this is the first mention of it in the series. We know Australia still exists. That's, yes. that's a good baseline. And we're going to get a little bit, another mention of Australia in the next episode as well. But, but we see that Michael has a vendor booth and we find out that we are in someplace called Miracle, Texas. And they make it a point, and this is why I... I the, this is why it's very clear. They should they they zoom right in on a T-shirt that says "Miracle Texas Population Nine Thousand Two Hundred Sixty One Departures Zero. Oh, I didn't see the word. I saw the T-shirt, but I didn't see the word "Departure Zero. Oh man, I missed that part. I did not realize that until we got later into the church scene. Yes, that's that's where I surmised it. Before yep. I know, I, yeah, I'm still in the blue earth. Yeah. So now I th I think. At this point, 
I hope that things are starting to come together. That the reason we're like, why are we interested in this new place with all these new people? What difference does it make? This this is not the story we were being told. But now I think once you see that t-shirt, which you didn't see, so um, it kind of all starts to make sense. Oh, we're here because this place is special. There were no departures here. Yes. Do you know of anybody who might be interested in a place where there are no departures? If I know of a person be interested in a place with the departures. Maybe someone who lost their entire family because of the departures. Oh, is that the place Norrell is thinking of? Oh, I don't know if that was I, I, I didn't I don't know if that's where she was thinking of at the end of season one. But she's there now. Yeah. Well I mean, Maddie was there first, right? When she talked yeah. about it, she's like, oh man. Yes. Um, yeah, I guess that would be appealing to someone who lost her whole uh, family to the departure. Exactly. exactly. I guess it's a way to get away from it, because maybe people in this town who've always lived here don't think about the departure as much. We are going to learn a lot more about why the gar- why Kevin and Nora are in Miracle in Episode 2. I hope. I hope the next one isn't another Murphy episode. Not another Murphy's, but I still really... Listen, a big a big negative of this show, of why it gets a lower rating, is because... Well, You're talking because about this episode, right? Not... The, the, yeah, this, this, season, this episode one. The reason it gets a 7 out of 10, and not something higher, is because I want to see Kevin and Nora maybe more... Man- like, like, just the characters I already know, right? Yep. I mean, that's a big reason why. I completely agree. That's why when I first saw it, I was, I had very mixed feelings about it by the end of it. I love it now because I I know the whole context of the series, but you don't yet. So I totally understand a seven rating. Good. Mike, Mike has a tremor. Right. But uh, oh, before, before we get to that, I, I do want to mention that this next episode is going to be focused on Kevin and Nora. Nice. Okay. I'll, so, are, is Matt going to be a regular member of this community? Yeah, and he gets he gets his own episode again this season. Oh, yeah, I know. Every season he gets his own episode. Yeah. Have we lost a lot of the characters from Mapleton? I'll let you ask me that question two more times. Do you see I guess Kevin I don't senior? know which specific characters you're talking about. I'm just gonna start like this. Kevin Senior. Wonderful to see him again. Okay. Uh, I talk about. I know Amy Dean. Uh, the twins. They're one yeah. of those three sets. Uh, and that. I forgot the one. Lori and Tommy. Huh? Lori and Tommy. Oh yeah. No, I'm confident. We'll, I'm. I'm so confident we'll see them again. I have. I'm. I'll be shocked if we don't. I'm I'm over the moon over the moon confident. I'm just I'm very sure we'll see them again. Okay. I'll be shocked if they don't see them again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, do you not see them again? Well, now you got me. Well, no. you've asked me once. I don't need to ask you. I I'm not gonna waste my breath. Okay. <laughs> very good. So we find out that Michael recruits for his church by giving away the spring water for donations. So he, he doesn't put a price tag on this on this water. He, he illegally gathers it. He illegally gathers it. Exactly. For free. Yep. And he just says, whatever you want to give. 
but he encourages people to come to the church. I almost said tourist that come with the kind oh, the German tourists. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But and then and this that's the next thing that happens. We see all oh wait, did the tremor happen before the school buses get there? Uh no, the buses. Uh no, no, the earthquake does happen before they come. Yeah. It's really okay. setting up. Yeah. Yes. So this is our, our third bit of evidence of earthquakes here. We've got the, the cave people, we've got the cracks in the road under glass, and now we've got this tremor. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And now the tourist buses come into the national park here. Um, and, and with people from all over get off these buses. Lots of religious figures lots of people from different nation that are different nationalities um and they just look overjoyed and they're raising their hands to the heavens as they as though they are trying to channel an axis mundi and they are just overjoyed to be here including terrible bus ride what they're just excited to get off the bus it was a terrible bus ride that's possible thank goodness we, we don't yet know what's on the outside of miracle you're right actually i guess i don't know what's arrived it's just like miles upon miles of desert i'm curious to um if what they uh cite if they said anything maybe they don't of why miracle is a miracle why no one departed or if it's just no a miracle you know, that's not a question you have to answer. That's just no, and that's, and that's a lot of the conflict in this season, mm-hmm. uh, at least with John. Uh, okay. All right. So speaking of John, he is visiting. He goes to see this guy, Isaac. And Isaac, uh-huh. we don't know what Isaac does. We just see somebody leaving and paying him what, $120. Yeah, 100 something. Yeah, and... Uh, the the person leaves. We know that there's a line of people outside of Isaac's house waiting to get in, and they're not too happy that John's just going right in. But he goes in, and it turns out Isaac is trying to rent the top floor of his house, and John tells him about the renovations he needs to do in order to bring his place up to fire codes. Yeah, so when he said that, I was, I was questioning, like, is John some sort of like? Is he a firefighter? Some sort of like government? I don't, I don't know who tells you if you're up to. Like, I don't know if a firefighter per se. Some sort of like. I don't want to say bureaucrat, but like just his job is checking, inspecting places, or if he's just like someone interested in renting the upstairs, or one of his kids or something. Like I didn't, I didn't fully understand. Yeah. The relationship going on here on why he told him about. You gotta make sure you have something for. Yeah, uh, fire code and alternative entrance for like, I just yeah that I that was noteworthy to me that you noted, uh, the fire entrance for right traditional upstairs. So you definitely got some sort of position of authority within the community, mm-hmm. right? But John sees all these handprints hanging on the wall. And he says that he wants Isaac to do it to him. And we don't know what that means yet. Yeah. But it turns out that Isaac does palm reading, but not 
from your skin, but from these hand prints that uh, he uses, like, basically finger paint to make. You're basically making, like, a child's work of art, and then he can yep. look at it and tell you. Yep. Stuff. I don't know. A reading, so. But this isn't the first prominent palm reader that we've had in Damon Lindelof series. No, we also have, I forgot his name now. You wrote down his name, okay. You did, I'd have to go back and find it. Yeah, yeah, no need to do that, but. But but when when it came up in Lost, we had, uh, one of the things that I said was, there was only one other place where I've seen a male psychic, and and this is the one other place. (laughs) Lindelof. We've never seen in television and movies two male psychics. They both are in Damon Lindelof productions and they both read palms. I, it's just the way he thinks, I guess, Lindelof. It, it's incredible. It, 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 it's, it's, it's pretty striking. Anyway, Isaac looks at John's palm. And identifies that John's birthday is the day after tomorrow. He says, you got a birthday coming up. And John says, day after tomorrow. So that's obviously meant to inform us that this could very well be for real. I was wondering if you were specifying John's birthday or a birthday in general was coming up. Like, I didn't know if you just fishing. I, I don't know. You said you got a birthday coming up. Yeah. I didn't know if that meant, like, you as in your birthday or you as in, like, your son has a like. You have a birthday coming up. I guess. I guess it does mostly mean. Well, it gets John's attention anyway. It does. Uh, you know, if even if it doesn't get the viewers' attention, but he also says that something bad is going to happen to him. Yeah, he does, he pulls the same thing with this like. Yep. The same <laughs> so thing. He wants to stop the reading. Like, ah, yep. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but John won't let him, and and Isaac tells him that something bad is going to happen to him. But, John has like this huge smile that is almost like a weapon. <laughs> like it's unbelievable. Yeah, he's he's smiling, but you get the impression that that smile means anything but joy. <laughs> At least I do. Did you not feel that way? No, I, I like John's smile. Oh yeah. Because he he really wants Isaac to tell him that this whole thing is BS. Yeah, see, yeah, he's like, I've known you since the third grade. Yep. Never did a powers before. Come on, Isaac. Admit it's all BS. We'll be good to go. Yep. And Isaac does not. No, he says, no, what I do is is very real. And he does the whole, hey, no need to pay me type of thing. <laughs> Further showing he's a real guy. Yep. So John pays him anyway. <laughs> Just like in Raised by Another, the last episode. <laughs> yep. Yep. But John pays him, but he pays him $60, which John came in and knows how much these palm readings cost. Yeah. He knows that that other lady paid him 120 He offers 60 half. So, interesting. Very interesting. But Isaac, now let me ask you this. We we know what's going to happen to Isaac, or at least to his house later in the episode. Do you think that he could have been spared by John if he had told John that it wasn't real? Uh, 
No, I think then John still would have gone after him. If he I didn't totally, quit. I totally agree. Because with John's sights, it would still be an issue. Yep, exactly. And if he admits he was uh, BSing, it just further cements it. Yep. Oh. I think you're exactly right. I think but... John is doing it either way, as long as he kept selling his services. Now, but we don't know what John has in mind for Isaac in the future, but this almost feels like a mafia-style shakedown. Yeah. I was like, why? How does John have so much authority over it? Like, he walks in, goes, hey, blah, blah, like, talks to him a bit. Of, Are you BSing? Hmm. Okay, then. Here's some but, money. Adios. And sleep. <laughs> yeah. It felt so sinister the whole time. And... All we know of John is like good stuff so far. Yeah, he's looking but for a cricket. We sense in the scene that there's there's a very dark side to him. Uh, the next scene is Evie at choir practice. Yeah, and this is where we learn the name of the town is Jarden, because some of the lyrics in the song go like. But in Jardin Town, something or other. And then they say, it's a miracle. Right. So you get both names worked into that song. But, and Evie's got a great voice, by the way. Yeah, it's good singing. Yeah. Uh, and she, the next scene is her running naked through the woods with her friends. And I have no idea why. <laughs> Wait, is that ever explained? I'll let you ask me that. Again. Okay, whatever. Okay, go on. I'm okay. assuming it is. If it isn't, I'll be pretty upset about that. Because why are you doing that? It's not explained. <laughs> it is some roundabout way, like, yeah, we, we do some sort of drug and we just go crazy and do weird stuff. Fine. <laughs> At least then I can chalk it up to that. But as long as there's some, there's some sort of reason. People will just go, hey, you want to run? Yeah, let's run. Do you want to do it naked through the woods? Of course. What, what other way? <laughs> so. Oh, well, well, the next scene is quite a con So we've got, we get Evie in choir practice. Then in sharp co contrast to that, we get Evie running naked through the woods. And then in sharp contrast to that, we get Evie pitching to her father. Yeah, doing like softball practice. Yeah, yeah she's, she seems to be a softball pitcher. And she's throwing to her father pretty hard, in fact. Yeah. At this point, like, John, like, takes his glove off and shakes his hand. Like... And I mean, you almost can't tell if she's a really good pitcher or if she's taking out aggression on John. Like she almost looks like she wants to hurt him, but huh. that could just be because that's what pitchers look like when they play. <laughs> she's just yeah, she's in the zone. Yeah, but she does pause for a moment to tell a knock knock joke. Yeah, which I love this knock knock joke. Knock knock. Who's there? Broken pencil. Broken pencil. Who? Uh, never mind. It's pointless. I why love. Why did you tell the joke again? I love that joke. Let me just tell you that that is not the only time this season that we're going to hear that joke. Oh. Oh. Okay. Well, yeah. So it is no. It does everything yeah. for a reason. Damon Lindelof doesn't tell punny knock knock jokes for nothing. That's true. Like this. This is in here for a reason. Yeah, I'll believe that. Yeah, but they share a pretty good laugh, and and it's a. Uh, By the way, my my working theory is Evie is John's favorite child. 
It seems that way, doesn't it? Oh yeah, I, I have irrefutable proof that that is the way. Okay. Are you going to tell me when we get there? Yeah. Oh, uh, a question I have for you, which you can answer now. Are Evie and um, Michael. Michael twins? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because they, they, they talk about their age, and they, they were the same age at the same time. Like, So they are twins, right? Yeah, they're twins. Like, okay. That is all. Okay. Now, in the fire department, John says the, the other firefighters are debating whether uh, they're dealing with a two, a two and a half, or a three. John says it's a five. Yeah. They're all just completely... They're dumbstruck in a five. Yeah. <laughs> like, How could you rate that show a five out of five, John? A five, fives. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But John says he's selling a lie and folks are buying it. It's a five. So this is where I, I kind of subscribe to what you said earlier. There was no way Isaac was going to get out of this. Yeah. If I think the only way he could have maybe gotten out of it is if he told the truth and offered to stop selling, or just offered to stop selling in general. But maybe. Even that, I don't know. Maybe. But they call it a five, and then they break into Isaac's house. Isaac says, no, you don't have to do this. Please stop. Please. He pleads with them. But no, they're going to do it anyway. And then Isaac just sits down in his chair and says, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not leaving my house. John doesn't want to be a murderer, apparently. Doesn't mind being an arsonist. <laughs> they literally pick Isaac up and literally throw him out the window. Well, there you go. Mm -hmm. And drag him away as his house burns down. It's a pretty gut-wrenching, heart-wrenching scene. So... I have so so is this the first time they've done this? I would say yes because in the next scene yeah. Isaac or Erica pretty much lets us know that. Yeah, so but they did it quite ruthless like cuz they rated it they rated John a 5. So I yep. felt like they should have rated they might have rated other people before. So they rated him. Went there. It didn't seem like any of the firefighters were opposed and they did it. I don't know like do they have, is this like a law, an amendment that passed in the area? Is this like, are we need more clarification on why this house was burned down? Well, past I think, John's reasoning. I think John's reasoning is the reason the house was burned down. But, oh yeah, here's what I mean. Was it illegal what the fire department did? Oh yeah. It is, okay. So <laughs> I wonder if there'll be any ramifications for that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, anyway, I just got treated by Erica, which I I, I was wondering, was like, does he know that's John's wife? Oh, yeah, he knows. <laughs> and then, yeah, very quickly, he's like, oh. we, see, we see Isaac at the doctor, who the doctor is pulling glass out of his face, and the doctor is Erica, John's wife. Hmm. And that that's where we figure out that this is the first time this has happened, because uh, Isaac says to Erica, since when did your husband start burning houses down? And Erica says just now or tonight or this is the first one. You're number one. Yeah. <laughs> Much like that crack in the road. Yep. Exactly. So and then she she feels like she, the her expression to Isaac is very little sympathy. 
If you were who you said you were, then you would have seen this coming. I love that reasoning of, why didn't you see it coming then? Yeah. It's like, I can't remember what I saw, but someone basically said they were psychic, and someone threw, like, a ball at them, and it hit, like, behind them, they threw it, and it hit them, and they're like, if you were psychic, why didn't you see the ball hit you? Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, I, actually, Claire said something like that to the palm reader in Lost, and the palm reader said it's not the way it works. Yeah, I was just like, if, if he could, re- like, even if he isn't a sham, what if he can't pick what he sees, right? He just sees what, whatever... Right. right. I mean, otherwise, I mean, God, you'd go crazy, right? Yeah, if you see everything? Oh, yeah. yeah. If you saw everything all at once? Oh, my God, that'd be awful. That'd be like Bran from Game of Thrones. Oh, God. I don't... Is that the... I really want to ask that. <laughs> I don't know if you ever got that far. Anyway. I don't know if I did then, yeah. Is he the one crazy guy that got broken down? No. Okay, then, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But Isaac says, tell your husband I meant what I said. Ain't no avoiding it. Yeah. And An eerie looming threat over John's head. Yeah. A curse. Yeah, exactly. And he was he was living inside John's head rent-free to begin with after the birthday thing. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you could say that. Yeah, use the expression right? Yeah. It was an okay use. It wasn't my well, favorite. you living in there now. Yeah, I mean, in Erica's head, maybe now. I don't know if Erica told John about that. Well, no, he's living in John's head. Just look at the garbage disposal scene. I was wondering about that. I didn't. I didn't know what the cause of that was. Oh well, now you do. How was he? Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it makes more sense now. Okay, I was like he, his spoon fell in there. Yeah, like so scared of getting the spoon back. I'm like, just don't, just don't hit the button, dude. Because Isaac. Out. Yeah, exactly. Because Isaac just the previous day had told him something bad was going to happen to him. So now he's just kind of holding his breath, waiting for something bad to happen to him. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I mean, in in uh, John's defense, right? Mm-hmm. Assuming he lives like an average lifespan. Something bad will certainly happen to him at some oh. point in his life. Okay. Making uh, Isaac right. Yes. So. Yeah. Did he say soon? I can't remember. Did no. Isaac didn't say, yeah, he didn't say soon. So just something bad will happen to you. Oh. Okay. <laughs> it's very... But granted, granted, when Isaac did see it, he did go like, whoa. Ooh. Yeah. That's a bad one. Yep, exactly. I guess it must have been real bad. And it doesn't strike, like, Isaac strikes me as someone who kind of knows what he's up against when he's talking to John. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like he would want to upset him. Yeah. So. Anyway, uh, the next morning, Erica wakes up, and she puts in hearing aids, so we find out that she's hearing impaired. Yeah. Did you catch that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. She's she goes out for a jog. She jogs past Isaac's destroyed house. Did you see that? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's crazy. Uh, and she goes into the woods where she digs up a sealed shoebox. She opens the shoebox and there's a live bird in it. Uh, bird box, exactly, but not like and- a movie at all. <laughs> but this is not the first prominent bird we've had in this episode. 
No. So does she also share bird powers? I, you know, I don't know. And I, you know, we we do we do of course you know this, Kurt, about me. I'm terrified of birds. So, <laughs> so this is this is creepy as hell when the bird is alive inside the box and then flies away. I I found I myself so many questions. I know. I just found myself saying, "What is this place? Why Why does she have a bird in a box? Oh, she, I know. It's so many weird things going on here. And why are you scared of birds so much? Well, like like how are you actually scared, or you just don't like them? No, I'm actually terrified of them. Like there is some people have. Have you ever been in a household that has a pet bird? Yeah, I don't like it. Like you don't like the bird, or you don't like the house. Yeah, both. Uh, if they let the bird loose, would you be terrified to be in the same room? I would not be in the same room. I would. Why? Be Even some of those small birds. It doesn't matter. Why? What? What about the bird birds? Birds are flying you? knives with disease riddled. Nah. Okay. No. 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 You just you just taken like three different things, and just mashed them all up. Flying knives. Yeah. Especially the little birds I'm talking about, right? They've got, claws, they've, got, they've got claws the size of, like, thorns. Okay? Not knives. Yeah, you ever stick a thorn in your eye? <laughs> okay, okay. That so bird wants to peck my eye out. It's going to peck my eye out. Are you scared of cats? No. <laughs> a cat can't fly. I can grab a cat and throw it off of me if it's in my face. You can grab a bird. Listen, you you get a bird, you can, like, you know, so you're not scared of cats. Presumably not scared of dogs. No, I'm not. Okay. What about a big dog? I mean, I don't love big dogs, but, you know. They're doable, but birds, the bigger they are, the scarier they are, I presume? Oh, yeah. The, the, the pinnacle of fright in a bird is an emu. <laughs> Emus can't fly. I know. That's the whole point of the fear of that. But they're so aggressive. Okay, that's fair enough. Are you scared of a penguin? Uh, if I'm underwater with a penguin, yes. <laughs> You're in his element. His yeah. I mean, if if a penguin I'm... is like, you know, if I was in like a gymnasium with a, pe- a penguin, I wouldn't be scared of it. <laughs> you start pushing him around like, ha, ha, ha. I keep waddling. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. No, okay, so you just don't like birds. No, I don't. But anyway, th- this bird, uh, th- I don't think there's anything we can possibly make of this bird yet. I, I... I, yeah, I don't know why this bird's in a box. Yeah. Uh, why I, Erica I, knows of this box of the bird that's yeah. buried in a box with the bird. Yep. I don't, I don't think it's worth even trying to figure out right now. But I do want us to tuck it away because it, it will be explained later. Okay. Okay. Another another mystery. <laughs> this episode this has a lot of mysteries in it. Well, I mean, we're in a place where nobody departed. What? I still hadn't figured that out yet, by the way. I want that to be noted. So. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Okay. Uh, John, the, back at the at the homestead, John is already awake because he wants to go to church with the rest of the family, which apparently is not a common occurrence. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why he's doing this on this particular day, but he wants to go to church. And at church, it's Michael who's doing the reading. And it really seems like he's reading at John. Like, yeah. See to it that you always do what is good for one another and for all. Uh, what's the other thing that he says? Uh, um, where is it? 
see, oh, see to it that no one repays evil for evil to anyone. So the, the way the camera was working, it, it just keeps going back and forth between Michael and a close-up of John, and John's looking awfully suspicious. Yeah. I, things. Well, when, when they have, like, post-church, you know, like, lunch, brunch, I guess, yep. I don't know, probably. Breakfast, I don't know. Oh, yeah, he confronts him about Yeah, he confronts him about it. Yep. Yep. But before we get to that, um, one of the things that Michael says at the end of his reading is we are the 9,261 and we are spared. And for that, we are grateful. Now, I guess you could read into that, that they're just the people who didn't get, who were not departed. But in this case, no one was departed. So it has extra meaning. That, well, that's why I figured out that no one was departed. Right then and there? Yeah. But, I mean, any, anybody could have said that. I mean, the, the population of the town could have been like 11,000 before the departure, and they lost a lot of people. Nah, 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 nah. The way he said it made me felt that no one departed. Okay. Well, good. Because it's also called a miracle. The city's called a miracle. So I'm like, huh. Yes. It must be the miracle. No one departed. It is the miracle. And Matt wants to tell them all about it because the minister is having surgery and he's got a replacement for the time that he's out. And that replacement is Matt 38 minutes in. And we finally get a character. I would have never thought Matt was going to be the first guy I was going to see coming back. I know. <laughs> and you told me you didn't like him your first watch through. <clears throat> yeah. You didn't like him or you just didn't care for him. I just, he was, I wasn't as, as interested. Really? Mad oh, man. I am now. Yeah, like, Madman. <laughs> yeah, Matt is just incredibly interesting. And you mentioned the wristbands earlier, and you noticed the Garvey's wearing wristbands that said "temporary resident," right? Mm -hmm. Did you notice Matt's wristband? No, I only noticed the Garvey's after him. Okay. Jill pointed it out. So Matt's Girl. wristband is a different color. It's white, and it says "sanctuary" on it. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So he's there for like. I don't know. <laughs> well, he's there for religious reasons. Okay. Right. Yeah, you know, and, and in this case, he's filling in as the pastor of this church while the pastor recovers, the actual pastor recovers from surgery. Okay. But he does say that they've been there for a month. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, does Matt live in this area or is he just filling in? Well, we don't know that yet. Okay. I mean, I can tell you if you want, but. No, I just didn't know that was like discussed yeah. and I missed it. Yeah, but he, he gets up to say a few words and he says, our favorite way to describe Matt, I am a man of faith. Yeah, I am a man of faith. Yep. That's like Locke. Yep. And he tells us that he didn't understand Jarden before, but he does now because something happened to Mary. And that's that, as far as he gets before the pastor cuts him off. <laughs> well, so Matt looks so bothered, I feel like, when he gets cut off. Yeah. <laughs> so why do you think he got? Why do you think the pastor cut him off? I have no clue. I was very curious too, and I'm very happy John went in there to figure out. But I don't know why the pastor cut him off. He himself and he want he wants his uh, congregation to like him more than Matt. I don't know. See, my thinking is that John has a reputation, and the pastor recognized John in the audience. They're not audience congregation, and didn't want to upset John knowing what John does and presumably what he did to Isaac's house just the night before. You know, I, my interpretation was always that the pastor knows what John 
is all about. And oh, and doesn't want Matt getting wrecked by John. Right, or the church implicated. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So John does ask, and he, he, he looks a little agitated when he meets Matt, and he, he asks what Matt was going to say. And Matt somehow picks up that he should not finish his story because he just says, for the first time, we felt safe. It was as if a burden had been lifted. So if we think all the way back to episode one with of season one with Tommy taking the congressman to see Holy Wayne, he tells him that he was going to feel unburdened. <laughs> so he's been cured. Yeah, and that's exactly the uh, way that Matt describes the feeling of being in Jarden. Okay. Yeah. Anything you want to add about the church scene? Uh, no, I was really happy to see Matt. Yeah. A familiar face. Uh, so good. I was scared that would be the only face I'm looking at. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not the whole episode. I was like, surely we're going to see them in like passing. I, I was trying to suspect we see them in like the last like two minutes or five minutes. Like run into them or just see them in the distance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that would have been interesting. So but the we're it's church is over, they're in this diner now, and this is where John kind of accuses Michael of preaching at him. And there's is there a reason why you picked the the reading that said, see to it that no one repays evil for evil to anyone? And my, this is where Michael tells him, I didn't pick that. The readings are predetermined. So there's definitely some paranoia on John's part as well. Or is Michael just lying? Listen, Michael has already broken the law once, or at least had his sister break the law for him. Yeah. By clicking that water. I don't trust him. Well, oh. I, I can't speak for, I think this is a Baptist church, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think that's what he says when he's. Yeah. Uh, got his booth so uh i can't speak for the baptist church but i can tell you that in the catholic church the readings are actually predetermined oh okay how how, how are they predetermined i thought like uh i don't know how they picked them okay i was curious on well uh, determine them yeah i i I don't know is it like a lottery spinning it you just no, go there at the beginning of the week. You're like, we're gonna do this one, this one, that one. Okay, and it's one not up. random. You know, the, the the gospels, which so I mean, I don't want to get too much into this, but like at, at Catholic mass, there's a first reading, a second reading, and a gospel. So uh, the first reading, and the second reading might come from the Old Testament, which is like the original Jewish book mm-hmm. um, before the birth of Jesus. The the uh, the gospel is always like during the life of Jesus. Okay. It's written by one of Jesus' disciples, either Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Okay. Uh, and then, the, but the first and second reading could come from anywhere in the Bible. So um, the gospels are always relevant to whatever like time of year the church is celebrating. Like the Christmas gospels are always going to be about the time leading up to Christmas. Or the, time, or the time leading up to the birth of Jesus uh, or the time immediately following the birth of Jesus. You know, the Easter Gospels and the Gospels around that are going to be about the end of Jesus' life. Okay. Okay. So that those, those are always kind of set there. And then I think, 
I don't think the first and second reading are random. I think they're probably picked to uh, kind of support or um, complement the gospel that's picked. Okay. Yeah, but they but it is not. They are predetermined. So Michael is correct here, at least from my perspective of Catholic mass. I don't know what the Baptist church is like, though. Okay. I'm I'm guessing it's probably true that they were predetermined. Very plausible. He's telling the truth here. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And then we get. I, I don't know. Is this the craziest thing that happens in the whole episode, or is it, no? Maybe it is. I just I love I love the I assume waitress. Yeah. Jerry. Yeah. Oh, Jerry, come on. Yeah. Enrique, <laughs> she's like the other like. Yep. <laughs> so here you you explain it real quick. Right. So this guy Jerry comes into the diner with a goat, lays down a sheet of plastic, and slits the goat's throat. <laughs> and- I love his shrug. He's like, I had to. It's yeah, not my fault. <laughs> and then for some, and, and the way that waitress is is talking about it and talking to him, it's as though this happens all the time. Yeah, I also love when he looks at the plastic sheet. I thought he was trying to catch the blood with the plastic sheet, but I guess he's just yeah. using it to help drag the goat away. I was like, he missed. He missed. <laughs> he totally missed. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I don't know if he's just he's just using it to help drag. Like, I know that's why some people like drag back deer after they're done hunting. They like get something under it and you know drag it. Yeah, yeah, but no, he just he slits this goat's throat right in the middle of the diner, and the waitress just, it just she's annoyed, but it's as though this happens all the time. Ah, uh, Jarden, Texas. Uh, yep. So many weird things, man. Will this be explained? This has got to be explained, surely. Yeah. It, yes, it is. I'm getting so like well, they, they put so many questions. So, yeah, exactly. I I mean I will t- so I can tell you that the explanation i don't know i don't know if i want to give that away i think you don't, have to, you, don't have to, you don't have to give it away i'll just let the mystery be there's, there's tons of mysteries i understand that i'm not fully okay with that then we're having so many mysteries so quickly yeah uh, that, that is another reason why this like there's i mean listen definitely some quite some good things in this episode but mm-hmm. all the mysteries they just start up all at once it's like come on <laughs> what's that what's going on there why is that there what <laughs> this? like that's 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 a lot of this episode is like, wait. Yeah. I love it. But did you catch the news clip? Oh, yes. I was so happy about this. I was like, oh. <laughs> so someone, uh, I, I presume famous, but maybe not, uh, faked their own departure and escaped His name is Mark Baker. He is an actor. Oh, okay. Yeah. An actor. He uh, escaped to Puerto Rico and faked his departure. Yep. Uh, I <laughs> love it. Do you know what he's known for? No, I don't know. Oh. oh. He was the the star of a little sitcom called Perfect Strangers. Oh, where all the cast supposedly departed. departed. Except but it looks like not. Because he faked his departure. Yep. Wow, the the story within the story continues. It does. More on this later on season three. No, probably more in There's the season. There's a huge thing in season three with this. I, it's a pay- I adore the payoff of this story. Adore it. We'll see. We'll see if I even notice the payoff. If I don't notice the payoff, how shall we? You're going to notice the payoff. 
I'm gonna notice it. I I never remember the name of the sitcom every time. I just know that there's some sitcom out there. Perfect Strangers. Perfect Strangers. And this guy's name is Mark Lynn Baker. So they thought that all four of the main characters departed, but at least Mark Lynn Baker did not. How do you have the know about to understand what has gone on when the departure happens? Go, you know what? This is it. This is my chance to finally escape. You're talking about from Mark Lynn Baker's perspective? Yeah, yeah, from Mark Lynn Baker. Like, how do you decide, yes, I should pretend I also departed? <laughs> right? That's got to be a hard thing to pull off. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. So you think that he faked his departure because he, he wanted to depart anyway? And it was like, oh, yeah, here's my opportunity. Uh... I guess, yeah. But like okay. he, he want just he wanted to escape something. Gotcha. I don't know what he wanted to escape. Fame, maybe. He was really bad with his money. And now he's like a taxman or debt collectors after him. I don't know why. Wanted to escape, but he did. We are going to find out. Oh, okay. More to come on Mark Lynn Baker. I love that news couple. Like he's like, <laughs> like I don't know, Mark. Yeah. Baker is like ah. <laughs> no, no, Mark, no, Mark. <laughs> so good. No, Mark, a key. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Anyway, Erica and Evie uh, are are signing something. Yes, I was saying, are they doing sign language? Yeah. So, so we know that Erica is hearing impaired. So, but I, we did not know that Erica or anyone else in the family could use sign language, but here they are, Erica and Evie, signing something. John's watching, and uh, he appears not to be able to sign Mm -hmm. because he looks a little annoyed that they're signing. (laughs) But maybe it's just because John usually looks annoyed. (laughs) Except when he's got a really sinister smile. I I guess it's a great way to whisper. Why whisper when you can just sign? Yeah, exactly. You can do it from across the room. Exactly. But this is where he drops the spoon into the garbage disposal and he looked like just terrified to reach down there and get the spoon. And this is all because of Isaac. Because Isaac told him something bad was going to happen and he thinks that if he sticks his hand down there, his hand's going to get garbage disposed of. And that's going to be the bad thing that happens. So Isaac is living in his head rent-free as someone I know once said several times. Yeah. Multiple. Many times. <laughs> yeah. Certainly. Certainly he's in there. So I, does not want to reach down there to get the spoon. Then and then Mike just scares him. Yeah. Have you have you ever had the situation in your life where you um you you you're in a situation where you're supposed to get someone's attention, but you realize if you do get their attention you will scare them in the process. Oh yes. I always, I this happened this happened to me a lot before I remember, but I I always think it's so awkward because I never know what to do and how to get their attention without scaring them. I know. I tried. Remember one time my sister had to like pick me up because my car was going to the mechanics. So I was like, okay, we can do that. I was like in the mechanics longer than I expected. I got out. She was like in her car on her phone. I know if I knock on her car or if I try to the doorknob, it'll scare her because I've done that before. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> what do I do? So I like texted her, or I, yeah, I text her, and then she like looks at it, and then looks up, and then still gets spooked. I'm like, what? <laughs> Why are you getting spooked? 
I don't. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> the hard thing to deal with though, when when you have to get someone's attention, but they're into a state where I know I'm gonna scare. Them. It depends on the person too. Oh yeah. Mostly, yeah. It's only been like a couple people in my life that I've known that get scared very easily. But yeah, I usually like if I'm in the house and I know I'm gonna scare one of my kids or my wife, I usually will um like backtrack and then try to enter the room again, but much louder. <laughs> <laughs> I love that idea of you're in the room. They haven't noticed you. Like, hmm, what a yeah. Let me like back up here. Let me stumble a little. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll clomp my feet or whatever, so that <laughs> I make noise on the way in, so that I don't scare them once I'm in. Ah, uh-huh. that's good. That's a good one. Yeah, that's usually the way I do it. But but uh, Michael does scare John here. But John tells him that he's trying to get the job to spoon in the garbage disposal. Michael just reaches his hand and grabs it, and pulls mm-hmm. it out no problem and <laughs> then of way course, cool right there oh yeah but then of course the cricket yeah. <laughs> i love the cricket oh, so so good. mike says he's gonna go ride his bike to be that yep. guy right and here's how i know so what time does he have to get back by oh <laughs> 10 yep and later what time does evie, evie was 11 hmm now there's some there's some you know, mitigating circumstances in that. Oh yeah, possibly yeah. like Evie was with friends. Uh, Mike is alone biking. <laughs> yes, so, at night. Uh, it could have been a Thursday night versus a Friday night. Could have, yeah, there, there's a lot of different yeah different night of the week. Uh, she's with friends. She's in a car. Presumably she's gonna actually like be somewhere. Yep. Instead of Mike, who's been typing his transit and transit back. So. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but. Just, just a little note right there. Um, okay. uh, yeah, that's a good Minus point. those circumstances, I don't think John likes Mike as much. <laughs> well, Michael just did that reading right at him, don't forget. Oh, yeah. And he just upstaged him in his own kitchen. <laughs> yep, exactly. But, yeah. yeah. But part of the mission that Mike is on is to bring uh, food to the guy. Pillar Man is what I've been labeled as. Pillar Man, yeah. That's what they all call him, too. Pillar really? Man. Yeah. Oh my god, there's good reason. Look at that. Maybe, pillar. maybe maybe Pillar Guy. I can't oh, remember okay. Pillar Guy or Pillar Man. But I like Pillar Man. It sounds like a superhero. Pillar Man. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. But he brings the food to Pillar Man and the Pillar Man doesn't say thank you again. Just asks if he mailed the letter. Michael says yes. And then Michael moves on. And he drives past like these park rangers who are like kicking people out because they don't have any wristbands. Oh, see, I, so I was wondering, once, once we, I learned about the response of Jill, I was going to ask you if they were getting arrested because they were there illegally. And, oh, and, I, so I, 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 cause I didn't know why they were getting arrested at the time. Right. So, so okay. They did not have wristbands. I, so I was also wondering if here, when we were seeing cops, I was like, oh, are we going to see, like, Kevin or something in some way? Right. <laughs> like, uh, we need the Mapleton police to come in. And then you want. Yeah. From you know. New York State down to Texas. Yes. But he also well, go ahead. Has, he passes a large fence thing. So is there, oh yeah, show the jail. Or no, it's not a jail. jail. That's just the edge of the park. Oh, oh, okay. That's a, okay. Yeah. So this is people trying to get in through the gate of the park, but they don't have wristbands on, so they get arrested for it and booted okay. right out. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, and uh, but Mike's just going past them on his way to some trailer that's lit with colorful Christmas lights. He knocks on the door, 
and asks this older gentleman if he would like to pray with him. And the man says yes. The man says yes, and Michael goes in and prays with this guy. Presumably goes in to pray. And I don't know if that's a code that's word. Code that could be a code something. word. Yeah, it could be code word for something. Yeah. As far as I know, Michael is a very shady individual. He stole yeah. water. He he got his sister. Yep. To steal water for him, and he's lied to his father. Mm-hmm. He's biked out here, so. Yeah. Don't know what he could be up to. Yeah. Well, he probably was praying with him. <laughs> yeah, probably. We do know that he's pretty uh, religious, so. That could be a front, though. Could be. To, to throw John off the scent. Yep. Speaking of John. Yes. He finds a pie outside his door. Why I is that? I predict that you love the pie in this episode. <laughs> I love the pie in this episode. Because of what John does with it. and then... Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that. You Have you ever done that before in your life? Michelle, you got a gift from someone, and you basically re-gift the gift to someone else. <laughs> uh... Yeah, not not that simply. Uh, my family sometimes plays a game called White Elephant at Christmas time. Okay, I know that is. Where basically we we you know put something in, we wrap something we don't want anymore, <laughs> yeah. and then we kind of exchange gifts that way. And so th- frequently things will come up in there year after year, so they're technically regifted. So, but. No, oh, okay, you, but you never like reused the gift in any way. So I don't think so. Okay, I have. I could think. <laughs> yeah. Oh really? Well, well, I think it's a fine thing to do. If someone gave me a gift, I'm like, you know, I don't really want it or use it, and I can't. I'm not gonna like return it or anything. Yep. And I have to get someone else a gift. I'm like, I think they might like this. Almost says I'm a good gift giver as well. Okay. Okay. I mean, I'm a great gift gifter. Give. I can't. Uh, too many G's. Give the <laughs> gifts. Oh. As many G's. You want to be my friend during Christmas, people. That's all I'm saying. Oh, okay. Not really, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I take that back. I don't want. Oh. <laughs> I hate Christmas shopping. Yeah. 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 Is <laughs> that a time or place to rant about Christmas shopping? Well, uh, sh- Christmas shopping and gift giving is the reason why Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. <laughs> yeah, Black Friday is a good time to buy. <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah, Black Friday. What? what? No, no, what do you mean Thanksgiving. No, no, Thanksgiving, the day Thanksgiving. Oh, the you mean you mean that one day before Black Friday, or yeah. sometimes <laughs> the day Black Friday starts. Yep. Oh, yeah. I forget <laughs> about that day because it's, <laughs> it's overshadowed by all the great deals from Black Friday. No, yeah, I know. I haven't gone Black Friday shopping in a while. I just buy stuff online, as I think most people do now. But. Yeah. Uh, Black Friday, I, that is very sad to me because Thanksgiving actually is my favorite holiday. And it's mostly because there are no gifts exchanged, which is very nice. But <laughs> I can agree to that. Anyway, uh, the John does find this pie on his porch and he seems very paranoid about it. Yeah. Well, I, I love Erica's like, are they trying to poison you? Yeah. <laughs> how ridiculous oh yeah she's like very excited to, to rip on him about this i i do we learn who gave him this pie no we don't no oh, okay but we learned that the pie is not poisoned yeah presumably i guess you never see any of them eat it but <laughs> yeah yeah, just... yeah like i was wondering like i didn't think it was poison i was like like maybe something's up with it like sort of laxatives sort of prank yeah. The same way Jill used to mess with their father is like, 
Evie or Mike messing with their dad or someone else, right? Yeah, it could be. But I'm pretty confident after the way the pie was eaten that they wouldn't poison like every, almost all the existing main characters. Exactly. <laughs> but presumably new staple characters to Murphy's. I'm pretty confident. Exactly. <laughs> but speaking of staple characters, as John's retrieving the pie, he sees Kevin and Nora and Jill and the baby moving in next door. 46 minutes into the episode. I still, I, yeah, here I noticed, like, are the Garvey's just going to be their neighbors? Like, <laughs> are these are these guys the main characters now? And, like, the Garvey's are, like, set yeah. to, like, side stage? I say the Garvey's. When I say the Garvey's, I do also. I know, it's hard to say the Garvey's because it's really only Kevin and Jill. But they're the majority. They're half. Eh, you know, but the baby doesn't have much of a personality. The baby oh. doesn't get a full slice. Oh, I see. I think that's a fair assessment. Baby doesn't get a full quarter. Well, baby, don't, baby don't get the same quarter as Nora, okay? Yeah. Anyway. So, John tells Erica about this family that moved in next door and says he wants to invite them over for dinner tonight. And I love, I think it's so interesting what Erica says here. Yeah. You're going to work on your birthday. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> so, I mean, right there, that's enough to tell us that John does not like it's, it's not just a firefighter. <laughs> like, work for John is like interrogation and getting to know people inside and out. And that's a little scary. Oh, that's what I just took it as he doesn't normally like having people over. So oh, it's no. work to have them over. Well, it definitely is, but but he it, he makes it his job to know everything that's going on in the town. Okay. So almost like a cop, but he's a firefighter. Right. Yes. Another interesting contrast between Kevin and John. So so does Kevin I assume he's still the chief of police at Mapleton, right? I mean, they just moved into a house in Jarden. Yeah, but he's not going to give up that job, is he? I doubt it, so he's probably just commuting or something. I don't know. We'll have to see. Well, are we going to see Commuting from Texas to New York? Yeah, what's that like? It's a few-hour flight. I mean, okay. Isn't Nora rich off of her... um? Whatever money, she got a lot of money. Yeah, just buy a private, buy a private jet. That way, uh, I don't know if the Nora is that rich. Private jet, jeep. Okay, well then, we're gonna find out. Are we gonna learn what what happened to Mapleton as a whole? Like if it's still around? Um, most of the next episode is set in Mapleton. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Not the entire thing. I think we do end up in Jarden eventually, but no, we definitely do. We definitely end up in Jarden eventually. Okay. But a big chunk of the, of the first part is in Mapleton. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Onwards. All right. So onwards, indeed. John brings that suspect pie over to Kevin and Nora. <laughs> What a guy. I love, that. I love that. I think this pie might be poisoned. Here, you have it. Uh, two, two birds, one stone. He's like, oh, 
I got this pie, but I don't want to throw it away. That's a waste of a pie. New neighbors? Get rid of my pie? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Is this a power move? No. Because they don't know. No, it'd be a power move if he, like... Here's would be a power move, right? Uh, apple pie. You probably put sugar in apple pie. I don't actually know how you make apple pie. Oh, yeah, you put it's yeah. Sh sugar in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So instead of putting any sugar, you put salt. Okay? That's a power move. Well, it's not, that, that's a power move. Then you, you tell Nora, I have a slice. I made it myself. Nora has a slice, <laughs> and then you ask her, I, I've tried a new recipe. Is it good, isn't it? And then, of course, since she's just met you, there's no way <laughs> she's going to go, oh, it's bad. She's going to go, hmm, it's okay. It's not bad, not bad. <laughs> I'd be like, here, do you want the whole pie? Here, here. <laughs> there you go. You make her oh, eat man. a slice of very salty pie. Yeah. That's a power move right there. I, okay. Just giving just giving her a reused pie, I don't think that's a power move. Okay, got it. Well, we learned that the baby is called Lily, so we can stop calling the baby the baby. The baby has a name, and the it baby. is Lily. Yeah. I do like calling it the baby more. Okay. That's fine. I'll know, I will know that you're talking about Lily if you say the baby. Okay. And John invites them over for his birthday party. <laughs> so back at John and Erica's house. Oh, by the way, that was all just with Nora. That yeah. We didn't see Kevin or Jill in that scene. Mm -hmm. So back at the uh, the um, Murphy house, Erica says, did you ask them if they eat meat? <laughs> Yeah. He's like, I told them it was a barbecue. If they didn't eat meat, that would have been the time to tell me. Yeah, yeah. I'm totally I'm totally on a John's team here. Oh yeah. Also, I, I don't think the onus of someone being a vegetarian lies with the person inviting them, it lies on the person telling them. Like if you have I you you have people in, in your family that have like they can't eat certain foods, right? Yeah, oh, the onus the onus yeah. is yeah, the onus is not on the person to figure out, it's for you to tell them. Exactly. Usually, depending on like what it is, if it's a huge scale thing, maybe they do more things. But no, I yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. You know, I, my my youngest son is littered with food allergies. If if we don't tell people, if we're going over to eat at somebody's house, which we're not ever doing, we we never do. <laughs> you don't because, trust that? Yeah, like I'm not risking because of the food allergies. But if we were, um, we it would be on us to make sure that the people know that. Yeah. You know, and half the time we end up just bringing food for him anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very sad. Anyway, um, but I I just love this because I, I think John is actually really entertaining. He's really funny. He is. He's a super funny guy. Well, yeah. I enjoy having John on screen. Me too. I miss Dean and I miss Alive Patty. I don't know if I'll still see Patty, but I enjoy John. Yeah. And I think that that's a really big reason why this they use this episode as episode one of the season, because I think they need to get you invested in the Murphys right away. Otherwise it's not the rest of the season's not going to work. Hmm. So, and I definitely, I, de I mean, even at this point in the episode, I'm in, very invested in the Murphys. Mm -hmm. So, uh Kevin, Nora, Jill, Lily, come on over. And Kevin uh, says, I thought this was a birthday party. John says, it is. We don't have any friends. So, <laughs> again, yeah. he's so funny. He's great. He's 
scary as hell, but man, he's funny. Uh, uh, there's just they're exchanging niceties, you know, John's, uh, well, we're not there yet. Uh, Erica and Nora have a little exchange by the barbecue grill. Um, Evie and Michael and Jill and Lily are hanging out. And Evie says that she adopted her. Did your mom F a black guy, a black dude? <laughs> Evie. <laughs> yeah. And then, and this is, I, I like this because it shows Evie's playful nature uh, which is which is kind of fun to see as well and another reason why i really like the murphys um but um jill explains that lily is adopted and that anything else you want to say about outside before we go inside with kevin and john uh just when when kevin first walked up i was wondering what was up with his head oh yeah and That's so was john and John asked the same thing, and I yes. don't believe what Kevin says. I, I think that's a good call on your part. So, oh, okay. so, yeah, inside, John is frosting the cake, and you know, he, he makes the comment that Erica grills and he bakes. So John's frosting the cake. Uh, Kevin brings in a case of beer, uh, asks to put it in the refrigerator, offers one to John, but John doesn't drink. Hmm. And John wants to know what happened to Kevin's head. Kevin says he fell, which is like automatically lie. Yeah, automatic lie. File fell on what? Yeah, exactly. The floor. You gotta, you gotta be more specific <laughs> than I fell if you okay. want to buy into that BS. But Kevin at one point is just just stares off into the living room as well. Yeah. Yeah. And John asks him why he's staring off into the living room, and Kevin says, "Oh, well, we used to have a couch just like that one." Is that true? No. Okay. Yeah. A... Yeah. Again, this is Kevin lying again. What is Ke- it's Kevin? I- I'm wondering if he's become like his father. Well, except his father heard voices. Does he see like Patty or something? Like what? What is? What's? I want to see this next. I'm very excited for this next episode. I want to see what's going on with Kevin. Yeah. You're gonna get answers in the next episode. So. I hope. Yes. I need to return to form because Kevin in this episode, I was kind of upset. Like he seems very like meekly. Like he's not the he's not the Kevin I'm used to. He seems like more than a side. He just seems like a side character. Yeah. But even more like normally, like if I'm watching like the Tommy episode and Kevin comes up, he still like steals the scene away. I feel like, but in, oh sure. In these, he's just kind of like. I mean, I'm very curious. He's doing, but he doesn't do anything like cool oh yeah no he's very subdued he's just kind of background he's not saying much to anybody yeah it's like he had like a sedative or something the way he like talks and stuff i'm like very mild-mannered what's going on here these are good observations kurt i wonder if he did get sedated who knows we'll find out the next episode it's not actually the end yet it's true no it is the we'll find most of it on the next episode good so now they're eating at the table the picnic table outside and eric is telling the story about uh evie and michael in the bathroom and evie flooding the bathroom and that's an entertaining enough story but i guess we learned that they're twins michael and evie and we also get kevin asking john where he was when all that was happening and john says i was in prison and everybody thinks he's joking but he's actually not he was in prison for six years and 119 days for attempted murder. I love his answer to this. Kevin says, "What happened?" 
After, after, after John Bates, I was like, I know you all want to know the question. The yeah, answer. yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. What happened? I didn't try hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then it's, it's a very tragic scene because a cake dies. But thank goodness for John and Kevin and Nora. Everybody's off the hook now because Evie has a seizure while holding the cake and drops the cake. Yeah, wow. Didn't take her meds. Yeah. They hinted at earlier. Yes, they did. They did mention the the meds earlier, and now we find out that it's because she has epilepsy, and uh, she has the seizure while she's holding the cake. Drops the cake. Cake's gone. Oh no! There's no cake. What are we gonna do? Nora says, "Go get the pie." John brought that pie to us. I see. This is where if if John did do the power move of putting salt in the pie, it would have very much so backfired. Oh yeah. Granted, I think Nora wouldn't have offered to bring the pie over if it was that bad. But even if she, if she did, though, that would be hilarious. If you're forced to eat your own salted pie, <laughs> it'd be a repowered move. That's just unfortunate. That's like... <laughs> but that would be a power move on Nora's part. Yeah. If Nora knew, pie. Salt, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you didn't know if it's still just you had to eat this terrible pie from your neighbor, so you should make them eat it back. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway. But, so the Garveys leave. Uh, Evie gives her dad what she calls the greatest present he ever got and says, Don't open it until I'm gone. And uh, she leaves with her friends. Did he open it? No. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, I was really waiting for him to open it. Didn't open it. I was like, Oh. Yeah, I don't know why he didn't open it. How are you? How are you not excited to open up a present? Like how? How are you not like man? I really want it. Like how? I was just elaborate. He must have been super. I I don't know. This man, he has willpower stronger than I've ever seen. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just the temptation of a wrapped gift. My guess is he just forgot. But, I guess. Yeah. But who knows? At any rate. Uh, while everyone is oh he tells Evie back by 11 like you said yeah back by 11 but an hour more than the other kid his name will not be spoken but uh, at 3 a.m there's an earthquake and Evie is not there she's not there she's not answering her phone none of her friends have come home and everybody's freaking out John and Michael go to the body of water where they swim because Michael knows that they swim there and collect water for him illegally. But they find the car there. It's running. The music is on, but it's locked. It's empty. Uh, Empty of people anyway. Mm -hmm. And at least Evie's phone is in the car, if not the other phones as well. Mm -hmm. And if that wasn't crazy enough, Michael calls to his father because he wants him to come look. The water is gone. And then Yeah, John... and fish are like still flapping there and stuff. Oh yeah. So it must have been recent, right? Because there's just flop or maybe they kept swimming and just swam onto the dry land. I don't know. I feel I feel like fish gets sub- I don't know how long it takes for a fish to fish out of water to biff it. But... Well, I mean it would seem to me that because the fish are still flapping that it just happened. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. Yeah, but I have no clue. 
But uh, all we, the only other things we get are John screaming for Evie. And then we see Erica sitting in silence back at the house until the cricket, cricket chirps. And that's the end of the episode. I love that. I love that's how the episode ends is with the cricket chirping. Oh, yeah. <sighs> so all in all, we're in a new setting with a new intro. We only get about 10 minutes of Kevin, Nora, and Jill, and only about five minutes of Matt. We get no Lori, no Tommy, no Guilty Remnant. And even though all of that, I still somehow love this episode. Dude, you are just you are you are full of biased ratings. This is this is this is a good episode standalone. It, it even feels as maybe a I wouldn't even maybe. Would I say a pilot? Yeah, it could because you don't even really well, need yeah. to know Kevin, Nora, and Matt. You don't even know these characters. No, yeah, you know, it's right. like the season two pilot. <laughs> Literally, and that's how I felt about it. Yeah, and that's why I got a seven out of ten because I don't really like pilots, as you know. I know. <laughs> it was, it, it, listen, it, yeah, like I said, it was an okay. Usually, pilots pilots usually get pretty bad ratings, man. Maybe not. I maybe I maybe I am just given. I just don't like pilots only. This this this, this said pilot rain all over it. I, I I don't disagree with you. I just I'm impressed that given what I was expecting when I watched this episode, I can't believe how interested and invested in these characters i was yeah i'm i'm, I'm interested as well i want to know what happened to that so many questions yep a Q lot answers. of them are going to be answered right in the next episode good i'm very excited i'm very excited for this next episode oh yeah and, and i'm interested to see if you think that the next episode should have been episode one that's what i was wondering if that's how i'm gonna yeah feel. yeah it's very possible that you're gonna watch that and say why wasn't this episode one um, well, I think some based on how this ends, but I don't know if those questions are answered or I don't. I'll, I'll see. I'll see the order of things and how I determine it. But yeah, I'll, okay. I'll let you know on that. Jerry, Jerry's out. The jury will come back in next week. Okay. You know. By Jerry, I mean me. Yeah. Because you're the you're the judge on the jury. Oh, is that the viewers or the executioner? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, I don't know, what, what do you do as a judge though i don't really know what the judge does in that i just maintain the order i i, yeah, I guess you could also overrule the <laughs> verdict to innocent yeah so. so um i'm i'll let you I'll, i mean not that i have any choice in the matter but i'll i'll silently accept your seven for now um but i think <laughs> I'll silently accept. i'm going to want to revisit that ranking once we get more toward the middle of the season and certainly at the end of the season because mm. I, I i have a high suspicion that by season's end you're going to look back on this episode and like it a whole lot more and maybe bump your rating up a little bit yeah okay sure buddy that's an idea it's just a prediction you remember you remember how i upped your rating last episode on lost yeah last week I mean, kind of. I mean, I was like on a seven. And by that, and by that, and by that, I begged you to up it, and then once they gave up, you upped it. <laughs> yep. Uh, wonderful. Maybe I'll up it. I mean, I guess I'm not opposed to it, but I, I, I don't know how I'm gonna up it. But we'll see. Like, okay. I mean, there, there's some things that are shown here, and I don't know how cool the connection will be or how be, like, I don't. Know, there's certain connections I'm not that killer about for example right i know you loved that deer with it's a baby balloon it's a boy it's a girl it's a girl i mean sorry yeah it's a girl it's It's a baby baby. no way (laughs) (laughs) i know i would really love that to be like like uh baby shower stuff or 
whatever. Yeah. Oh, it's a baby. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it's a girl. Balloon. You 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 talk about how much you love that. Yeah. I'm pretty indifferent on them. Like, yeah, I don't really like that that type of connection stuff isn't that cool to me. Okay. Yeah. You know? It's like, yeah, it's connected and they could have done it on purpose, but it's like there's not much substance to that connection, I feel like. It's just they just did okay, well we're gonna put something in the antlers and then it's gonna be this balloon thing. Like, okay. Alright. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I I that's something I may even want to revisit at the end of the series. Oh, okay. The the balloon and the antlers. Oh, okay. Oh wow. So they're <laughs> we'll see. So, yeah. If I remember, so if you remember, remind me. But at any rate, um, I, I do think that ultimately you're going to look back on this episode with a better memory than a 7 out of 10. I hope so, right? And I hope I don't co- look back at the book. You know what? That was even worse than I thought it was. 6 <laughs> out of 10. I doubt uh, I doubt that you will. Yeah, you're gonna don't. Get, don't worry, you're going to get plenty of Kevin and Nora and all of them this, this season. Okay. Sure. All right. Yeah. Right. Sure. That, but not having them in the first episode, ballsy move. <laughs> Oh, you can't you cannot say that it wasn't that it didn't take guts to make this episode there was there's lots of gusto that went to this episode i'm sure people were making it they're like are, are you sure lindelof or do, do you think it's a good idea he's like full swing do it right or yep. that's what we're doing i yep. will i respect what it took to make it yeah yeah you have to because this this took guts for sure so they basically made what feels like another pilot pretty good for a pilot but we'll see. We'll see how it goes now. <laughs> I guess so. Very, very. I'm very, very excited for the next episode. Oh my gosh, my... it's it's very good. Oh okay. Wow, you're not even tempering my expectations here. No, it's very good. <laughs> you're yeah. keeping the fire burning. Okay. Yeah, it's it's really good. Um, it's I I would call it a Kevin centric episode. Okay. I mean, you're you're gonna get Nora and Jill obviously as well, but next episode's really about Kevin. We'll see. I'm very excited to see the, the fallout from what happened in Mapleton you know, with the Guilty Remnant did. I'm sure I'll see. Uh, also, yeah, on, in order of, like, no Guilty Remnant, I'm assuming we'll see more Guilty Remnant at some point in the series. And I'm positive. I am so positive we're going to see Lori and Tom again. I will be dumbfounded, Mr. Sal. <laughs> I will take my hat and eat it. I don't even wear a hat. I will buy a hat and eat it <laughs> if we don't see Lori or Tom again. I'll okay. I I yeah. I just don't expect it because because the whole story of the show is Kevin caring about his family. And I understand now he has a new family. Yeah. In essence, but I wonder how Kevin will feel about his old family. I feel like they're still still part of them in some way. Yeah. And Lori, I I'm sure Jill still loves her mother, and I mean, still cares about Tom. I'm sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well. I think that's probably a good place to, to uh, end for this week. And uh, we thank you for listening. As always, we appreciate your subscriptions, your downloads, your five-star reviews, and your, uh, your feedback. You can email us at showhopperspodcast at gmail.com. And we, of course, appreciate you spreading the word on how wonderful Showhoppers is. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.